You are listening to episode 57 of the 11th Hour, a podcast about Rancid. I am Sam Mellencon of Debacle Records. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. Uh, each week, one of us picks a song from Rancid or a Rancid-adjacent uh, project, and we talk about all our complicated feelings uh, therein. This week was my pick. And uh, returning to the promised land, we went back to <laughs> Life Will Not Wait. Uh, no. <laughs> 1998's no, Life Will Not Wait. Uh, and I picked a uh, new dress. Dress Life on Wait came out in June 30th of 1998, uh, which kind of timeline wise makes a lot of sense for this song. Um, uh, the songwriting credits are uh, Lars and Tim. This is a very much a Lars song, it's sung completely by Lars with some uh, backing vocals by Mark Lynn of uh, Slackers, um, sort of the other vocalist, one of the other vocalists in the Slackers. Um, doing those kind of high-pitched, kind of pitchy, but kind yeah. of works. Yeah. Backing vocals. I, I kind of love them, but they're, you know, they could be a little rough if, you, if you're super sensitive to that. Um, if you're super sensitive to poorly sung things, Rance, it's probably not for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a valid point. You make. Yeah. Uh, the song itself uh, is a very, it's a zoom in in the chorus about a woman in a balkanized country in somewhere in the post-yugoslavia um during the you know uh, bosnian war or the um yugoslavia there's like a series of wars in the balkan region um in the 90s for 10 years looking it up i didn't i kind of forgot that there was like a series of wars very complicated of uh, a yeah. sectarian sort of like tribe and group and sub republics and just like all sorts of layers of of um different uh different complicated groups but sometimes it's religions versus religions sometimes it's regions versus regions it's all of those things very very some of the most complicated political stuff not even going to pretend to get into it um in any deep layer other than it's some of the most obvious and heinous war crimes that have uh happened in the you know modern era the mm -hmm. post-world war ii era um just very open genocide you know genocide via you know systemic rape and like all this just incredibly horrible stuff was happening in the 90s at different periods and different sort of like slow resolution of these like different areas of war uh, Slobodan Milosevic is the one who is most famous in America, I feel like, is perpetrating and sort of causing a lot of this stuff, though. There was um, a couple other, you know, major warlords, yeah. you know, and uh, that all, luckily, all, <laughs> luckily, I don't know what that means, <laughs> uh, 
were put on trial in right. you know for war crimes you know was this is one of the times that sort of like international tribunal on war crimes uh you know it got classified as an international war because they ended up being separate uh entities i guess it's sort of like the thing like legally legalistically it was able to be go forward on that level and so um slobodan died before he could be uh uh sentenced i believe yeah but so fuck that guy. I remember very vividly, this is a weird side thing. I remember very vividly around the time of this album, probably like late 90s, mm-hmm. my dad was just incensed about this whole thing. You know, this must have been the Bosnian conflict, which is sort of the second major conflict, the later period conflict. Though, you know, like I said, I think it's this this big, you know, blob right. of I mean, conflicts that stretch across the yeah, 90s. And- or interconnected and all interconnected and yeah all these different ways and um i remember him just being like i remember he's got into the car with me in issaquah we were in downtown issaquah doing his like you know sometimes i would go with him to do his errands on like a saturday morning and he had like a mailbox somewhere you know he would go you know like a business mailbox and I think we were doing that and I remember he like picked up a paper and he was so incensed about what was going on and he was getting back in the car. <laughs> I wonder if he listens to this, uh, if he remembers this, but I remember him very vividly saying, if I had a fatal disease, you know, like I was dying, he says the number one thing I would do is figure out a way to like smuggle a gun or go get a gun and figure out a way to go kill that fucker. Like, like, and wow. this is not my dad. Wow. Like, like this is my dad is a Sufi hippie, you know, like he is a multi-religion, you know, like yeah, probably a pacifist. He is deeply involved in Sufiist thinking and, you know, Eastern thought and, and, and meditation and is a, I mean, he, you know, I think if things had, you know, like that sort of thing, he's ready to get rid of shitheads, but like, he's not a tough guy, doesn't speak in those languages, does not like guns, does not, you know, yeah. all these things. And it was such a visceral thing to me of like, he was just like, if I was going to die, the thing I'd want to go do is kill this guy. You know what I mean? Like, and it's right. like this thought that he could, but like, he just had this like visceral, like, he was so mad about everything. That Had was you ever heard him that. express like, like anything like that? No, I've never heard him. Wow. I, like, I, I don't feel like I've ever heard. I always remember him getting upset when something hurt. Sure. You know, we did Rwanda. You know, right. like I remember, you know, like we pretty openly discussed a lot of things in my family, whether or not I always understood them around, you know, when it yeah. was like the 90s were like the time oh, of God, man. <laughs> overseas genocides, yes. you know, that that felt abstract to a kid, you know. And this one being like, there's war in Europe or there's this horrific genocide. And now people wouldn't talk completely openly about what it was. Right. You know, even researching, I didn't fully understand how horrific it was other than they were killing their own folks. But I didn't realize how like torturous and, right. and just, I remember I read a book about that kind of zoomed into one thing that won a bunch of words that I found to be a little trite, but it was about, you know, a guy digging his own grave and a, the you know his neighbor had brought him out to a you know grave to be you know right look, you know whatever it was like sort of the neighbor versus neighbor thing and kind of the night of them talking before he shot him you know sort of thing 
and that was interesting and kind of enlightening to me from a like, like personal thing but it was a little i don't know it was a little too washed of the horror i guess and some yeah, level yeah, it was yeah. trying to do this humanizing thing um but it still was probably pretty impactful to me and it was kind of in an unnamed european you know like you know eastern european conflict is what i think the vibe was of that book but like I, yeah, I just like, this was not, this was like a bad thing was happening. Clinton was botching it with the vibe, I remember. But like, but I remember Clinton was leaning in because he didn't want, I I remember the vibe being told to me that it was like Clinton was leaning in because he didn't want Rwanda again, right? Like he was so frustrated that Rwanda had happened. Right. That he was like, I don't want, you know. I don't want to. Exactly. I don't want another like Rwanda on my hands. Yeah, he's like, like I can't li- yeah. live with that, you know. And and whether or not, yeah, I, I do think even these shitty people, like I don't love Bill Clinton, but I do think they actually do feel these things, you know. I I think they feel them in weird abstracts where they can compartmentalize certain things. I, you always, know, I think Bush felt things that were weird for the guy who also was cool with torture and all these things, you know. Yeah, and, I always wonder how how much they feel it for, you know who knows but like to to get i mean i very much believe that to want to be president of the united states for example you have to be basically a fucking sociopath like a sociopath narcissist yeah. yeah exactly and so it's like i don't even think that they give a shit about the thing itself they just are, care about how it makes them look like I think that's a lot of it. I tend to think that the, what it is even more so though is that they selectively like irrationally choose what things to feel. Yeah, no, I mean yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think, you know, when I think about just current times and like where I live and our, like we have the shittiest fucking governor and the sh- Yeah. And you see the shit that they yeah, I mean it's like Oh, so you care about, I mean, they're all hypocrites and just want to line their pockets and they're crooks and all those things. But, you know, and uh, this whole like, uh, (laughs) I mean, this isn't just happening in Oklahoma, it's happening all over the place. Like, oh, we parents rights, parents rights, parents rights. We're going to completely ban trans health care because we're going to, we don't believe parents can make decisions. And yeah, exactly. uh, But anyway, I don't, you know, this, (laughs) this actually reminds me of something my wife was telling me earlier today about. Okay, I'm gonna totally like derail our whole conversation for a second. Sure, let's just. <laughs> um, I like this. But what, so she was telling me we were as we were driving back from dropping our daughter off at school, and she was, and somehow I think you know I told her she's been listening to the podcast, and she's up to the bad optics or Doom Regular, or whatever you want to, episode. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And she was like, God, that song, you know, the clips on there. She's like, it's like a really good song. It's like, yeah, it's a really fucking good song. And then she's telling me that at some point she is going to make an 11th hour podcast bingo card. And, oh no. And so it's going to, she was like, one of the squares is going to be, and I, this made me think of this because of what I just did. Every time Brad brings up trans rights, every time, oh, yeah. every time one of the hosts says, but like, <laughs> every oh, well, time, Jesus. <laughs> I can't remember. She had a couple one's other the, ones. That was the free square that you just get every episode. <laughs> But I just thought that was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. So if she does that, um, join the Patreon and you'll get it first. 
So yeah, exactly. We should do that. We should. <laughs> anyway, do I, back to back to the fucking <laughs> genocide in the Balkans. I guess. I I don't want to. Yeah. This is funny. We're in a we're off on a whole another thing, but in. The, the absolute truth is that, like, I don't know enough and I, and it's so complicated other than this was like one of the truly up until, of course, you know, um, the, you know, second Iraq war and, and Afghanistan and post 9-11, this was the most like closest to like, oh, we are involved. There's bombings and like, the, you know, like this is like post, you know, desert storm pre 9-11 this was like the most visceral thing that had happened and then that that whenever i hear about yugoslavia and the balkans and like like i always think back to that memory of my dad saying yeah. that and it was probably the most like nothing little moment for him he was just very pissed about sure. it you know and it's like and i was pretty old you know i was you know a teenager of some sort you know um probably you know i was probably 15 16 of some sort and 13, 14, 15, some, somewhere in yeah. there, depending on when he actually said this. And and um, it's so funny. Like, that's my personalization of, like, if my dad is that mad and it's that abstract to me that it's like, oh, there's these countries in Eastern Europe that are, it must be pretty bad. You know what I mean? That, that was all I could think of. And then I remember kind of following it past that with no level of detail because it was always such a like black box of complexity, mm-hmm. but just being like Milosevic is the piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, like I wanted him to get caught and I wanted him to like, you know, like, like just, and I'm sure it's just because my dad said that, you know, and which is like a little creepy, right? Like what if my dad was like, fuck them trans kids, you know right. what I mean? Like, like. I, I don't think I would have had the same thought. Like he was obviously a war criminal, so like, <laughs> like that's easier to buy in on. But like that, it is so interesting how something like that, somebody you respect, making a comment can be so like impactful. Yeah. It, but yeah, that's that again. Since I can't talk about like the specifics too much about you know the Balkan wars, this is the thing that jumps to mind when I, I start thinking about this stuff. Yeah, so. I like I try I tried to read a little bit about this years ago just because um my daughter's best friend that her and her family mm-hmm. are from montenegro mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i didn't know anybody from the you know and it was just like one of those things i remember when we first met them and it was like oh my god wait a minute like and i mean and i've never had a conversation with them about like i don't know her parents like the parents all that well and um but it was i just remember reading through stuff a couple of years and just being like fuck like i had no concept of like back when it was happening like when it like for me because i don't know it felt very distant i mean it was mm-hmm. very distant but it didn't it wasn't like front of con- my consciousness like say the second iraq war was or mm-hmm. like yep. um because i you know and and maybe it was an age thing because i mean if this was 91 to 2001 i mean you know i was 91 i was 12 2000 so i'd been 20 you know i mean i was in like kind of prime teen years when the it was going on but i don't know it's just like it wasn't i remember it but again it's like so specific and complex yeah like the 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 people involved in the different yeah groups involved were so complex it wasn't a simple you couldn't right if you weren't familiar with all these different sects and tribes and um ethnic 
majority minorities and and yeah. religious complexities and all these things that like there's a reason it's so complex and will right. never be solved you know and like it, like the fact that we've even had the outcomes we have had is like this weird miracle of like right. there are a few countries and they've kind of like respected each other for the most part and like it's kind of incredible you know like yeah yeah no it's uh, it's yeah well and i think that all of that complex you know i mean with thinking about like the second iraq war it was in a lot of ways more clear what was happening like it, i mean in the sense of oh we're blaming people to have nothing to do with this shit like i mean from a like protest standpoint or from a mm-hmm. I don't, it, it just it i don't know anyway this is this is a whole yeah. other rabbit hole <laughs> conversation and like yeah i'm gonna do you, the, the, the only thing i'll say and then we can talk about the song which by the way i think is a wonderful song yeah it's a great song uh and there's a f- couple funny other things to talk about but uh i i i also didn't know anybody very close but i spent the last couple of years working with somebody who had basically grown up in slovenia and had grown up you know as a you know 90s mm-hmm. late 80s 90s you know a millennial and um and had been here for seven years at that time so you know spent all the time there and um you know she's just like what are you talking about like like with the trump stuff and the maga and and mm-hmm. these sort of um what are they called the ones that just like like the inevitableists that's not that word where they just they think it's like no matter what happens there will be a war you know like there there has to you were they're trying to make it inevitable that there will be a race war what are those horrific oh, people yeah i don't know I, there's a there's a term for that yeah, right yeah there is and i can't think what it is fucking ass all that that's what the pieces of goddamn yeah. yeah scum yeah yeah um go fucking drive uh, off a bridge you assholes yeah exactly anyway. if you're if you have such a death wish go <laughs> yeah go kill your own <laughs> yeah yeah exactly okay anyways um <laughs> but you know like she constantly was like what are you talking about? Of course it can happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like she has this completely different view of the world. Right. Um, That's interesting. Then, uh, you know, I had think about my, my kids, friends, like, yeah, I wonder, cause you know, again, we haven't ever, like we've had, we've talked and like, they're, they're like super fucking cool people. Like her, the dad is, was a professional soccer player and retired recently. Like I was just like, was looking him up on Wikipedia to see how old he is. And so he would have been <laughs> just a, I'm thinking about like, I wonder how old he was when this was all going on. And, and so he's like 39. So he would have been, you know, when this right, was going on. Yeah. yeah. And so it, in all the conversations we ever had, it's like stuff like, like there doesn't seem to be any, like the, politics and stuff to never come up which i you know i don't try to bring up on a you know regular basis or anything but i can imagine it's, it's like yeah dude we've seen this shit but like this isn't <laughs> yeah this isn't new like like these I'm sort not... of populist leaders coming up and yeah, yeah so anyway. soaking the flames and yeah exactly like for a lot of people in these other countries it's like yeah we've seen it this playbook isn't new you know right I mean? like right but I mean, all this playbook, all the trans rights playbook, is exactly the Russian playbook, you know. Um, exactly. Yep. Um, the only other funny thing I will say is the same person, because they lived through all this. I think she loves to say something like, "America invented two things." I forget what the one funny thing she says America invented, and she's like, and she she's like, "America invented freedom, but it's not real." 
you know there's no such thing as freedom like what are you talking about like there's no freedom when you when you know when the mob comes for you you know sort of thing and it's like oh yeah (laughs) okay yeah yeah you're right uh and it's like i don't want to dig i hope she doesn't listen to this i I feel bad you know minding her life for this conversation (laughs) but like it's like i don't want to dig any more into what happened you know to your family or anything um right yeah so uh anyways anyways that i don't know this is this is quite the really episode been, so far we've really been like going you know getting a little experimental with the format of these episodes but <laughs> it, bear with us but like okay this is the so going back to life won't wait like i was listening to life won't wait and i was listening to this song uh we've been kind of on the fringes of like early weird rancid and like more recent stuff that has been really on our mind uh no album sounds as good as life won't wait right like i don't think any album sonically sounds even close to as good as life won't wait i was just listening to this album like the production on this album is so fucking good yeah no i mean this we've talked about this a couple times how it's like you can tell they spent a shitload of money on this Uh but it's like they spend it well like, yeah, exactly. They spend it in the right places, and there's yeah. so many engineers. There's like we have no idea who actually did any one thing on this record. It's just like yeah, they put an army of engineers and like ten studios, and like you know, it's just they put a lot into it, and that they, they were young and hungry, and uh, even you know they you know Skywalker Sound is no slouch, but like this record you know obviously tape was involved you know like there was it was sort of of an era yeah in a moment and everything sounds really good and i was gonna say this song sounds like no other rancid song in that it's the bass is super forward this sort of like jangly indie rock guitar is sort of the main guitar yeah it's the, kind of this the this guitar sounds really interesting it's funny that you were bringing up traveling wilburys the other day <laughs> yeah because like it kind of has that kind of 90s like jangle pop thing you know not that they were 90s but like you know it all kind of came from that tom petty like yeah it kinda, you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Nikki sudden or something too that i was i don't know how yeah like, okay yeah the the jangliness and the like yeah yeah this you know not the i don't know yeah i was listening to it the other day it was like made me think like oh man i haven't listened to Nikki sudden in a while i should do that but anyway <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's such a, yeah but it is it's such a and i you know the funny thing is is it never really uh, like stood out to me in that way listening like yeah just you know when it, like normally what what happens and i think you're the same way is we'll pick you know the song we'll pick a song and i'll listen to that song a bunch but then whatever album it's on i tend to kind of revisit the whole album yeah and so you know since we had never picked this it's just been one of the many 
great songs that you, you know, when you do a life won't wait song, it's like, Oh yeah, then there's this. And then there's this. And it just, and I don't like mean this in a dismissive way, but it just sort of like kind of blended in with the whole sort of. In that first 10. Yeah. Just the whole, which is, which is nonstop and is killer, but it singling it out. It made me, yeah, it was just like, Oh, this is, and, but you know, the funny thing is, is I feel like this is kind of the same. I think you could say this about just about every song on this album. It's like, Oh, this is like very much its own thing. And it's very, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. It it feels like they were trying to make sure every song had a thing. And it's like on this one, it's this like jangly guitar. And then Brett's like doing all this like stick. Like that's really interesting too. And like the bass is like so forward. It's like such a classic, like lead bass sort of, you know, the joke about rented being like a lead bass. And like, And and it's like oh the the bass sounds so good on this song, and um, and and it's got such an interesting tone. And what's funny is like you could think that there's these big moments where it gets quote unquote big and riffy, you know, like there's like, you know, they they kind of gets big and then pulls back and gets big, but all the time the distorted guitar is there. It's just super back like way mm-hmm. deep in the mix and it's which is a very like 90s it feels like like a 90s pop radio trick to like alt rock you know like like crossover alt rock trick of like look it's heavy but it's not heavy you know it's like it's yeah, got this like yeah, very yeah, palatable yeah. guitar right. in the front and then it's got like this in the background there's a, a crunchy guitar but it's like never really hurting you and it's like if executed wrongly it would taste sound like like um you know, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, like, what's like Marcy's Playground, you know, or something like, you know, oh like God. these like <laughs> scrunge, like, you know, post grunge, like pop songs, you know, uh-huh. like it would almost have that vibe. But it, it's, I don't know, it's got such like a rambling kind of fun, jangly, poppy thing going on. And, but again, when, when it does get big, the other thing I'm so keyed in on is, yeah, when it when it's about to drop the big hit, you get that whacka whacka from Brett yes. again, and it, and it, you're just like, I'm so so uh, back to being keyed in on his use of snares, and I'm and I was listening to Troublemaker recently because of our last song, and I like even just listening to Say Goodbye to Our Heroes that episode just came out. Um, you just hear him like run, roll across the snare, and it just feels so like tippy tappy light, mm-hmm. <laughs> friendly, friendly snare. You know, like just give it a little like, tap, little. You know, <laughs> and it doesn't have this like offbeat, like like snappy, and also like I said, like almost like hitting almost before or after the beat in the you know in a kind of fun like swung way. Like he just like really professionally plays the drums. But Brett does this like there's so much like sauce on there, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Like there's like uh, and it's just another example of it. You know, I'm I'm gonna feel like we're gonna, you know, like Brett watch, you know, like snare watch every that, time it, we. Among but it's the many, true. Among the many things that have this podcast has made me realize, one we've is the how great the uptones. Yeah. Are yeah. Also, uh, I've developed a very deep appreciation for Vic Ruggiero. Yeah. 
and the other one of the other th- well and then the troublemaker i mean you know we are the yeah troublemaker those are sort of our these are our, our greatest hits. the other one the <laughs> other one is the brett reed appreciation like the totally brett is the under like the underrated like secret of great rancid or the underappreciated like because I, I don't feel like anybody ever talks about brett hardly and and it's usually like oh he's not the best drummer and it's like yeah but he's got a lot of feel you know well, like and you know i talked about this uh i talked this on the fox the daily podcast i can't remember what the album was now that i was talking about and you know i i, I don't believe in any of this shit like like i don't believe in perfection like nothing like yeah. the, the, like there is you know whatever but but i will say like and i said this about this album it's like you know this album isn't perfect but it's like the perfect album for me like Brett Reed is he's not the perfect drummer. But he was like the perfect drummer for this iteration of Rancid. 100%. And he must like this idea that you could be in a rhythm section with Matt and not be somewhat of a good like rhythm drummer, you know, like you you know like a solid drummer. Right. It's just absurd too, you know what I mean? Like like you couldn't have good Matt without good Brett, you know, like Yes. Rhythm sections are a unit, you know what I mean? Like if he was like Lars Ulrich or whatever, you know, and like could barely hit his rolls and, you know, like could, you know, would forget the tempo midway through the song and all these things that you can just like actively go watch a guy who's been playing drums for his whole life do still, you know, like, like we would notice it the way we notice it with Metallica, you know what I mean? Like, like, like sometimes there's just people who are in successful bands that aren't super great drummers, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not even mad about that. Like, I, I like the DIY spirit of, like, mm-hmm. somebody who can just kind of make it work, you know? Absolutely. But I don't think that's Brett. Like, I think that's no. what his rap is, that that he... I think that's what people... Some people think of him as. Like, he just kind of muscles his way through. And it's like, no, I don't think that's true. Right. I think there's enough complexity in the, the reggae songs, especially. And, like, there's enough, like, fun and, like... And yeah, the way he plays that snare and the sound they get from that snare is, like, oof. I love it, man. I and I've just become so attuned to it. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's it's like it's <clears throat> it's become one of those things, you know, whenever you when, whenever you're doing a fucking weekly podcast about one <laughs> band, you have to really as you do. <laughs> like yeah, you have to like dissect every little thing. And so again, like I've listened to Rancid a lot in my life. I it's a band, you know, all these things. But I, without this podcast, I don't think I would ever got here. Like, cause yeah. I would have never, I, I would have never forced myself to, you just would have felt it. You wouldn't have right. it's been it. like, Oh, this is really good. I wonder why, whatever, you know, but why is this hit me in the way that, but yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a Brett Stan as they would say. Yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> For sure. And, and I also don't, as much as we've kind of like turned Brandon into again, like the, um, oliver of like like we you know the fans that hate the new guy you know what i mean i don't want to shit on this guy i don't know him they they like him you know he's just the problem with being the second guy and being the contrast guy is that you're going to be contrasted and if it's like not what i like as much it's going to be a problem so it's like again we're excited that maybe they're leaning more into his style you know because at least then it will fit more um but uh you know, don't take this as it just makes me appreciate what I like about Rancid is like a thing I should have always noticed, which was 
the cracking, you know, intensity of Brett's drumming. Yeah. Was like a needed part. It gets overshadowed by Tim and Lars' weird vocals and like the three part harmonies and the Matt's, Matt's bass, bass line. Like, yeah. Exactly. And like the three note solos and like all these things that are signature rancid. For a lay person, it's so easy, you know, a musician, not great musicians, it's so easy to identify those as the things that are, you're reacting to. You're like, oh, those are the signature things. Mm-hmm. One of the signature things is like how he just leans into his kit and he leans into that snare and like, how he's like effortlessly going between reggae and like really, really fast punk songs and doesn't seem to care, you know? I, yeah. I mean, I think that's like another un- sort of underrated thing is it, he has considerable range <laughs> when, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. Like, and I think it's because he pivots on this sort of slightly offbeat snare centric mm-hmm. thing. He, that works on both Pogo punk and and um the reggae thing that's kind of they both have that sort of snappy you know dub has that it gets all anchored mm-hmm. by the snare cutting through as does the the you know kind of wacka 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 you know sort of pogo mm-hmm. punk you know like those are the same motions in a lot of ways you know they're just yeah. sped up and slowed down so i think i think he just happened to be the right drummer for that and and, and also they probably were like hey we're going to want to do this pretty early so he was like okay you know i'll work on it you know right he was still pretty young but um yeah i hope he feels appreciated i know he's just like works at like custom car place maybe at least at one point like a garage and you know chills out and has money and i don't know i hope he feels appreciated i do want yeah. to talk about one thing with the song and the lyrics okay. is i don't have them up on our notes like normal because Every single one I found was wrong in some way. Right. A, a lot of them <laughs> were wildly wrong. Some were wrong in that all of them didn't understand a couple lines. Like, I still don't know what are a couple of these lines are. They're very good lines. They're actually worth looking up. Like, this is actually pretty direct talking about Bosnia. And, and, and you know, they don't really... Lars doesn't usually go this direct about, like how fucked up this is and he compares it to belfast and he like he talks about sort of the effects of okay all these people this sort of like tribal mentality and like you know the un's called in and it's gonna you know supposedly Mm -hmm. make it better but doesn't make it better and and all this sort of like um it's almost like he's calling out the tough guy mentality in a weird way and he's just saying like after it's all said and done, it's all rubble. And, you know, she's sort of, it's like the women and the children that are left to pick up the pieces is sort of the message of the song. And it's semi hopeful, which is wild because it's in the middle. You know, I think there's maybe when they were writing it, they thought things were getting better, but this is like right before some really horrific stuff goes down, (laughs) um, which is pretty fucked up to think about. Um, But it's sort of think it's kind of that conversation about like somebody you know, getting hope from sort of like joining the West, you know, which is also a really fraught, complicated idea, but like, it's also (laughs) kind of a truism of, you know, like, you know, refugees and just people leaving, you know, and, you know, she's got a new dress and she's looking to the West. That's a really interesting hook for this thing. And he just talks about like, you know, children playing in the fire and it's just like you know like for a rancid politics song of a thing that was going on while it was happening i was like 
pretty impressed. But I think it's wild that like a Lars song, not even a Tim Mushmouth song, <laughs> nobody has it right. And it's like never been written down correctly. Ever. Yeah, it's pretty that part of it's pretty remarkable. Cause yeah, <laughs> that's like that's a Tim thing. <laughs> yeah. And I do agree there it's a couple like and you're like what did he say? <laughs> you know, and like you see all these different like lyric aggregators trying to get it right, and you're like, no, nah, that can't be what he like, said. Right. <laughs> so I spent like a good half hour today being like, well, can I piece it together? And I couldn't even. I was like, never mind, forget it. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. No, I mean, it's I. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I had the same sort of. <laughs> I I don't know, and I it's there. I, I'm trying to think. There was another song, I think is one that maybe that we've done. I don't know. There was there's. I mean, there's there was another song that I feel like it was a lot of Lars lyrics. That it was the same way where you couldn't. Eh, it's funny for out, such a well recorded, oh, right? It's yeah. for such a well recorded album and song. I would say like a song I almost picked is Warsaw, which is I always kind of fit those two together. Like these kind of two rocking songs that are kind of about political moments in Europe, you know, kind of right next to each other. And they both kind of do this um, mushy moments where I'm like, if you push me, I doubt I could tell you what any of these lyrics are. You know what I mean? Like, like even though I've listened to the song like a thousand billion times in my life. You right. Know? right. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, it's weird because in a lot of ways, this is like the crispest, most, you know, beautifully recorded, but also beautifully sung. Like Lars is doing... That's the other thing is, we've said this before about Lars's this, performance in Life Away. Oh my god, this what is another a fucking song, man! Yeah. Like, what a, oh, I mean, and it, it, it's it's funny when he's not the one sounding kind of goofy on the the chorus with the right with Lynn, Lynn, you know, kind of you know getting a little pitchy at times doing the like backing harmonies. Like he, I mean, like he's nailing his parts. I mean, he's not doing that harmony line. He's just like, but. Most of the song, he is like, this is why you point at Lars and go like, you are just like the epitome of punk rock vocalists, you know, like yep. gravelly punk rock. Like when you're on, you're on, you know. Yep. And this is, yeah, no, I mean, it's, if you're making the case about how oh, Life Won't Wait is Lars sort of shining star of a vocal performance, like this is one of the songs you point to. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I, I kind of knew that, but like, you know, there's a couple songs on the back end that, um, <laughs> the, uh, that, you know, might be the ones I jump to, but like this one might be like this and like blood clot. It's like, if you really want to show yeah, Lars's power as just like a rock vocalist, you know, I don't know if he's ever done better than, than like the three or four songs you could pull from this record for sure. It's just so yeah. good yeah so very goofy uh episode but um kind of <laughs> yeah. weird, weird weird heavy song but such a good song too and just like that thing of sometimes when you pick something out of a life won't wait or an elk in the walls you're just like what do i say other than like this song rips you know <laughs> like uh but obviously this one's got some layers to it but um yeah uh and it's weird also that they rarely write a song about something happening in the moment. And if you think about it, like this was right. I, I guess the other thing I would say is I wonder what really got Lars and Tim to write the song. Like what experience, 
like you know, solidified this in their brain of like we should write a song about this uh, yeah i mean it's kind of the same question we had about rwanda right i mean yeah um and i think like i think on 2000 there's more current happening now stuff um so it's like maybe this i don't know maybe they just this 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 caught their attention and they're like oh, you know i gotta say something i don't know and then mm-hmm. it, it kind of um because then they started doing it i mean it became like i can't remember anything off of the two albums after indestructible so i don't know if there's any shit on those that's like current events but like you know you got rwanda and like black hawk down on 2000 um you've got ivory coast on indestructible um which uh spoiler i was gonna pick ivory coast like that was gonna be my <laughs> next pick and then you pick this and i was like i can't do two genocide songs in a fucking row <laughs> like, i can't do it it's <laughs> totally valid <laughs> <laughs> so it's still out there um but anyway yeah no it's i those are like those are questions i was it was like what is it that like what happened that made you because because it is they don't like they're not they're not putting out like fucking they're not like propaganda right where they're putting they're out yeah. like, and so it's like, what is it that spurs you into action to write the like current event political song or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I think that's, I think that'd be an interesting question to put to them. To, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do it because I don't want them to know I exist. But you know, um, <laughs> but somebody uh, should. Somebody, somebody should. Ought to. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No. Especially like they must have felt like some sort of a resolution had happened too of like like they were digging out of the war where really they won for another, you know, five, you know, three, four years, three, four, five years, you know? Yeah. Um, and things were going to get worse before they got better. So yeah, it's a weird, weird moment to write a song. Interesting for Rancid because they, again, they just don't, they tend to not touch things until they're semi-resolved, you know? Quote right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the civil war, you know, they, they really <laughs> waited to, Though, you know, if you ask some people around here these well, days, that's hey, not a resolved topic. Yeah, or it's about to ramp up again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> we just there was a lull there for a couple hundred years. Yeah. Oh, so depressing. Everything's so fucking depressing. Anyways, uh, what song do you have for us next week? So, like I said, before you had made <laughs> your pick for this, I had Ivory Coast as, was going to be my next song. Yeah. Uh, um. <clears throat> No, so we're not doing that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then it was just like, fuck. <laughs> I got to I gotta figure something out. So, that, But I, I was telling Sam before we started recording, like, I've just been in a shit mood all day. It's just been kind of, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get any of that. But I want to I wanna be happy. So I'm going to okay. pick a song that makes me very happy. Okay. Can you tell me this, the album? Well, guess. What makes me well, the happiest? Well, um, I'm assuming it's two. Th- See, I uh, can't tell if it's gonna be Alchemist or 2000. Oh well, I guess yeah, I guess that's true. It could be one. Of, it would be one of those two. It's but, probably 2000 though. Was okay. my guess. <clears throat> well, you're wrong. So, God damn it. <laughs> oh, that so was gonna good. be that was gonna be another thing on the bingo card when one of the hosts makes the other guess or when the other yeah, one of yeah, the yeah. guess. Um, no, so I. I, I've, I mean, it hasn't been that long since we, I guess, did an Outcome the Wolf song. I think we did one, you know, it's like six episodes ago or something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so, 
Are you going to try to guess the song? Or am I just going to say the song? song that makes you happy. Anything on this record. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what song doesn't... That's fair. Uh, Junkie Man. Are you guessing Junkie Man is the song that makes me happy or doesn't make me happy? I, well, I song? know that there's something about Junkie Man. Oh, I don't Bear. know. No, uh, Chunky no. Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna do Daily City Train. Oh, that's a great one. Have yeah. We haven't done Daily City Train. <laughs> no, we have like, and I, yeah, we haven't. We've only done um, Old Friend. And yeah, I, okay. It, like the ska song, like the good ska songs, just always make me so happy. Daily yeah, City Train is such a good <laughs> goddamn song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a conversation for next, but like. Ranking the three ska songs on Outcome the Wolves is fucking impossible. <laughs> well, because they all do three different things. Like they're they're like, yeah. here's the three things you can do with a rancid ska song. You know what I mean? Like it's like one is incredibly beautifully sad. Like one is like super kind of poignant and like but fun and like you know like I don't mm-hmm. know. There's something about like they they have these different vibes. And well, they, it's, and it's it's here's the three things you can do with the rancid ska song, as perfect as you can fucking do them, and we will never do them this well. Again. We will never nail it again. <laughs> yeah, it will never be this like truly ska good yeah. ska songs. We'll do like dubby songs that are red. We'll do like big right. bigger songs, but we will never. If we ever return to this zone, because song. they they return to this a bit in later albums, they tried to recapture the magic, yeah, and it never it never quite it never got there yeah i mean even like things i love like um what's the troublemaker um what's the track five on troublemaker called oh my god where i'm going where i'm going yeah i mean wonderful scott song like ridiculously fun but like completely empty yeah like these have like meaning packed so deep in them you know like every one of them it's just yeah it's one it's yeah it's fantastic so well now um, we just recorded the next week's episode yeah so what's your pick for (laughs) (laughs) uh okay well thanks for bearing with us guys this uh this is a weird one this episode kind of that's okay i think it you know i'm with it i'll live yeah all right and if you and yeah and hey oh and we you know we're recording this on the 19th we we didn't get a third single this week we thought yeah, we might. no third single yeah but i still i we got some time i think tuesday may be the day which will be birthday <laughs> present to me and it'll be either a really good birthday present or a shitty one depending on how what the song's like uh yeah i'll be so surprised if those were the only two songs we get i will too because the, there's still a mo- i mean not a month like, there's what four weeks three weeks when does it come out? No, no, it's way, really soon. It's the second. Oh, yeah. We're we're literally two yeah. weeks away. But they wouldn't. I just feel like it's bad PR to like have a month between your last single and the release. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, the twenty third. It's perfect. Yeah, it gives you a week and like, a half, and it's like you got yeah. And especially if it's the you know what we think it is like the melodic, like kind of juggernaut yeah, that like, gets yeah. people so excited so anyway that's a if it's the let me go of this ep- of this record and it's even close to as good as that it's going to be the one that, that oh sells God. the record basically man temper some expectations <laughs> it's not gonna be the... of the record not, <laughs> okay. not, i know it's not the best song they've ever written no sorry <laughs> oh shit okay uh that's enough we gotta get out of here uh <laughs> 
check us out. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the 11th hour podcast. Uh, we'd love, we appreciate everybody who signed up. We'd love for you to sign up. You get early episodes, some other fun stuff, and it really helps support the cause and keep this going and growing. And you can also holler at us on Twitter and Instagram at rancid pod. Send us a voicemail. Um, give us your f- ranking of the three ska songs on Ooh. outcome of the wolves. Let's see how people feel about that. Uh, that could be a fun thing. Um, or, you know, anything tell us we're foolish. I don't care. Just let us know what's up. Give and, us your thoughts on the Yugoslavian conflicts, you know? <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. If anybody wants to send us uh Jesus essay, Christ, don't, yeah, yeah, don't please do don't. That. No, please God, don't do no. that. I do not. I think that's fraught with danger, but yeah. Uh, it, yeah. We don't need that. Nobody needs that. Um, but hey, if you don't know much about it, go read about it. That'd be a good thing to do. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I just don't want to hear about it. Okay, oh, no. something's making sound in my phone. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> we're really just professionals. Today. Yes. And so with that, uh, we're gonna shut the fuck up, and we will see you in the. <laughs> Life will not wait for me to just sit and play Tears of the Kingdom for 12 hours straight. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I mean, it might, it might wait. Well. <laughs>